You're listening to the Good Christian Podcast. We're not saying that we're always good Christians, but this is always a good podcast for Christians to listen to. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Welcome back for another episode, everybody. So excited about 2020. I hope that you're doing well with achieving your goals and New Year's resolutions for 2020. I believe it's starting off to be a good year for many of us. I am excited about today's topic. I'm going to be talking about how to experience more freedom in your life. Who doesn't want some more freedom in their life, right? Uh, here's the deal. I believe this title and this topic really attracts a lot of people because we, although we live in freedom, technically, if you're listening to this, I believe that you're a free man or woman. We don't feel free all the time, right? And that's something that I can say with confidence that many of us, we don't feel like we're free, although we are physically free and we're spiritually free. But the thing is, we just feel like there's some sort of bondage in our life or something that's holding us back. And we live in a world that has more bondage than I believe it ever has. I mean, there's bondage just in our phones and the, the addiction that we have to social media and to the different streaming services that we're watching on TV. And also the highly demanding jobs that many of us have or the car payment or the, the house payment, whatever it may be, we are living in a place of more bondage than I believe we ever have before. And a lot of that hits us on more of a spiritual level. So it feels a little bit different. But when I mentioned experiencing more freedom in your life, it interests many people, myself included. We're all looking for additional freedom, even though we're technically totally and completely free. But we've allowed ourselves to become uh, people that are bound by the different things that this world offers, uh, both spiritual and even physical as well, that, that, that just kind of has taken control of our lives. So I want to talk about this today because I think it's a topic that, that needs to be covered. We're entering a new decade here, 2020. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, a great decade for us all, but I want to make sure we're starting off with having this idea of more freedom in our lives. So I want to share three ways that Christians can begin experiencing more freedom in their lives. Uh, I'm excited to get into these three points today. I do have to give a disclaimer here, though. Uh, the first one I'm going to get into is is a bit of, um, man, I don't know what to say. It's kind of taboo. Uh, it's it's about sin. And many Christians don't want to talk about sin in today's world anymore. You know, we live in a post-Christian world. And now the, the common thing to say is, well, you're judging me. You're not supposed to judge me as a Christian. But the thing is, there is some very visible sin in people's lives that I believe as another Christian, we should hold each other accountable for. And two, and that's not to to say it in a mean way or in a, in a bad way or anything like that. It's just to say that, hey, like we need to be living a life free of sin. And here's the deal. This first one, this point that I'm going to get into in a second, if you get just this one, you'll live in more freedom because of it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. This is, again, this is my three ways to experience more freedom in your life as a Christian. Number one, stop living a sinful lifestyle. As I mentioned, I actually wrote about this recently, and I got attacked by a number of people, both directly and indirectly. Um, some of it was you know, direct messages and emails, things like that, other Republic comments and things like that. But people really didn't like the idea of me talking about potentially what a sinful lifestyle could look like because it was more apparently judgmental. You can read it for yourself and figure it out. I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, anyway, I'm going to get off of that for a little bit here. But uh, here's the deal. At the end of the day, sin is going to lead to a place of bondage. It always will. No matter how it starts off, it will always end in a place of bondage. It can be something so small, so simple, but it will end in a place of bondage. Uh, I want to mention something that Billy Graham was talking about many years ago. Someone asked him what his secret to his success was, how he was able to have such large crusades, how he was able to see so much success, how he lived a life so close to God. The question was phrased something along the lines are of, what is your secret for staying close to God and achieving all this success? 
And he turned and looked at the person and said, stop sinning, and then walked away. Didn't ever comment on it again. But here's the thing, not that he was a perfect man, but he understood that if you wanted to live in a place of freedom and a closest with God and achieve the purpose he has for you, the first thing you have to understand is you have to stop sinning. So I actually have three sub points here under this first one of uh, stop living a sinful lifestyle. Three things that can help you to overcome and get free from a place of bondage when it comes to sin. The first one is to know the word of God for yourself. Know the word of God for yourself. So that doesn't mean what a pastor told you or what somebody else told you that you've grown up with. You have to know what the word of God says and what it means for yourself. It cannot be something that you get from somebody else. Um, that begins with reading the Bible, spending time in prayer and really thinking about it, trying to understand it the best that you can. Obviously go after some wise counsel. But at the end of the day, God is going to hold you accountable for the way that that, that you have been able to articulate the word, not for so what someone else said. So at the end of the day, if someone told you something isn't sin and you do it, but the Bible says it is sin, you're still going to get held accountable for that sin because you just trusted somebody else instead of actually looking yourself. There's actually a lot of examples of this in the Bible because a lot of people already are listening. So like, I don't agree with that. There was a prophet at one point that was considered a man that was very close to God. He was nameless. It was in the Old Testament. I believe it was in in first Kings, I probably should have gotten that reference for you, but, um, it was somewhere at first Kings, I believe. And he was led astray by another prophet who said, Hey, I heard from God. You need to go do this. And he just went and did it. And it sounded like a good thing, but God told him, Hey, you should have asked me. I did not want you to do that. Therefore you sinned. And that man actually ended up dying much earlier than he should have because he didn't actually seek God himself. He just listened to somebody else. So at the end of the day, if you want to really get free from a life of sin, you have to know the word of God and what it says for yourself. So your job is to know the word of God. That's the first sub point I have here. The next one is to confess your sin, but really confess your sin. I think, again, in today's world, we don't want people to see the true us. We're more afraid of that than we've ever been. If anyone sees the real us, it's just through like a, a rant on social media these days. That's the real us, you know, but when you confess your sin, it doesn't just mean telling God, hey, I'm sorry, or, or getting very face value with a friend saying, oh, I'm kind of struggling with this a little bit. It means going deep and getting serious about it. And I've got a few friends that hold me accountable in this way that I also hold accountable. And man, we'll tell each other our stuff, like in detail saying, this is what I'm struggling with. This is exactly what's going on. This is exactly what it looks like. You have to be vulnerable with somebody else. But when you really confess your sin to somebody that is truly close to you, that's going to help you begin to overcome it. Have this true accountability in your life. Again, you have to go past the face value. I know we live in a world of face value like we never have before, but the truth is if you want to get free from sin, from this bondage, you have to be willing to get vulnerable with somebody and have that accountability in your life. And not just the accountability of telling somebody something, but when somebody really gets on to you about something, you gotta be willing to accept it and receive it without getting defensive or anything like that. You've gotta be willing to say, you're right, I need change, I need help. That's a really, really important point when it comes to overcoming sin. Uh, the third sub point here is to watch out for sinful habits and pasts. Now this is where that post I was talking about where people really ate me up about this because I used the example of drinking. There's nothing wrong with drinking by itself. However, if you hit a rough point in your life where you're really struggling with some things and you decide to have a, a drink every night or a couple drinks every night because it helps ease the pain a little bit, that is a you know, somewhat harmless thing that is going to lead you to a place of bondage because at that point it's sin because you're now using something that you should not use other than God to help you cope with pain or to feel better, or to numb you. When you start doing that, that's going to end up in a place of bondage over time. Uh, I always use this line when I'm talking about this, that, you know, every alcoholic started off with having one drink, right? It's just started from one place. And the thing is, 
the devil and the world will just use anything it can to get you to go one step further. So it starts off, hey, you really had a really stressful day. Have a drink. It's going to make you feel better. The next night, it might be like, you know what? Just have another drink. And then it might be two. And, you know, I'm, I'm being very extreme with that. But it's not just drinking. Again, that was the example I got beat up for because apparently people don't want to be judged for drinking. But uh, anyway, another one could be something as simple as if you have self-esteem issues and kind of getting yourself out there physically. Maybe it starts off with just, you know, going on dates and things like that. And it could lead to some other things, you know, where this one's going. It can lead to a lot of doors that will start opening that are ending in a place of bondage, but begin in something that's somewhat harmless. So at the end of the day, again, this third, this third point here was to watch out for sinful habits and paths. It's all about habits. You have to change the habits that you are creating that are contrary to the word of God. So if it is leading down a path that is not heading you closer to God, you have to change it. Even if it seems like it's just, you know, just 1% off. Here's the deal. Imagine going to the moon. If you miss that calculation by 1%, you are nowhere near the moon. You are very far from it. It can be the same or walk with God. If we're saying, oh, it's just a little bit off. It's just like a habit that I'll, I'll work on later because it's so minor. You'll wake up 20 years down the road and realize you are heading down a wrong path completely. And to correct that is going to take some major changes in your life. So, Habits is something that I talk about a lot. I've mentioned it many times in this podcast and also uh, on my other podcasts and in every blog I write. It's so important that you get control of your habits. And the best way to do this is to sit down and think about, okay, where are the, the paths and habits I have in my life right now? Where are they taking me? Are they leading me to a path free from sin? Or could any of these things potentially be bondage? I want you to really think about that. It's a really important point. So again, this was my first of three points and the three sub points in that one, which is again, that first point for experiencing more freedom in your life is to stop living a sinful lifestyle. That was to know the word of God for yourself, confess your sin, but really confess your sin. And the last one was to watch out for sinful habits and paths. So we're going to move on from this one. That's kind of the heavy hitter. Um, The rest of this will be a little bit lighter. So I hope that you're ready for that. Thank you for listening so far and staying with me. (laughs) Number two, the second way for you to begin experiencing more freedom in your life is to understand that you already have victory in God. I love this point. Understand that you already have victory in God. Uh, Simply put, this means that you need to remember that you already have victory in God. You've already won. There's no battle that needs to happen anymore. You already are a champion because of what God has done for you. But here's the deal. That's only you, you have this victory when you are in God, when you're not when you're out of God. So if you're just trying to do things the worldly way and you're not living a God first life, truly surrendering to him every single day, every moment of every day, if you're not doing that, then you don't have victory. Does that make sense? You don't have victory if you're not truly living in God because it all begins with surrender to God. Uh, Proverbs 16 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. This means that you need to surrender to him daily and the plans that you have in your heart, the things that you feel that he's telling you to do, you'll have victory in them because you already have that victory as long as you're walking on his path, his way. Uh, I think that many of us, we have this idea of what we want to do with our lives or our futures, myself included. I am I'm a visionary. I can be so guilty of this. I can get this idea in my head and perhaps it even started off coming from God, but I can get way ahead of myself, which means I'm thinking, you know, five and 10 years in the future. And then I'm just like, okay, all I got to do is figure out the path to get there. And you know, if it takes me a few years, fine, but I already know the destination. And that can be a dangerous place to be at times if you don't keep it under control, because 
you get out of alignment with God and you just start taking matters in your own hands and doing things without surrendering to God and saying, okay, I know this has to be done. So I'm just going to hustle through this and that'll get me closer to the purpose God has for me. And although that's great intentions, it all begins with surrender. It begins with getting quiet, listening to God. We already have victory when we're in him, but when we're out of him, we do not have this victory. So it's so important that everyone understands this point. I know this one's a much more spiritual meaning, but you've got to be willing to sit down, get quiet and listen and say, God, I surrender to you. You are in control of my life. What is it that you want me to do today to get closer to the purpose you have for me? And here's one thing I've learned about God. He doesn't let you down when you ask these questions. The truth is he's going to give you some direction. He might not open, like uh, audibly say it and be like, Alex, this is what you're supposed to do. I don't know what God sounds like, like from that regard, but here's the deal. Like God is going to speak to you through the circumstances and situations of every single day of your life. So it may be that you're like, you know what? All right, God, I'm surrendered to you. I'm open to whatever you have. He may show you somebody who's homeless on the side of the road or somebody that has a flat tire or something like that or someone at your work that's having a bad day that you can just listen to. There's all these little things you can do every day. And when you're surrendered to God, your life is gonna look a lot like Jesus. And what Jesus did is he went out of his way every day to help people that were in need around him. And here's the deal. That is living surrendered to God, is doing those things, walking as Jesus would walk. So again, if you want to experience more freedom in your life, you have to understand that you already have the victory in God, surrender to it and begin walking in obedience to God, for God, not in your own way. And again, I'm preaching myself with this one because it is so easy to get out of line with this one, but you're not free unless you're in God. So you have to have that freedom in Jesus. It's so important for us to remember. So number two, again, understand that you already have victory in God. Number three, I love this point. Stay positive and speak life. You know, we live in a post-Christian world, and I've mentioned that many times. Um, It's funny how the world is more negative than it's ever been. And that kind of like a strange coincidence that those two things are kind of uh, coexisting right now is that we're more negative, but we're also post-Christian now. I believe they actually go hand in hand because our job as believers is to live a life of positivity. Now, I don't mean being fake or anything like that. And like, we can all have bad days and things like that. I understand that trouble hits all of us, but we cannot walk around feeling defeated or allowing people to see us looking defeated or that that bad things are just happening to us. You can't have like a disparity mindset being like, oh, woe is me. I had a bad day, a bad week. Everything's going bad. My relationship didn't work out. My job didn't work out. I'm not getting promoted. All these things. That's the world's job and they're doing a great job at it. So go ahead and let them keep on having that negative mindset. Our job is to be positive. So no matter how difficult things get, no matter how hard our lives may be or how negative it could be and how woe is me, everything can be. I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but our job is to be positive and to speak in that right tone and keep that right posture, remembering again that we have, going back to number two, we have that victory in God already. So we need to walk in that and have that positivity coming through us. One of the best ways we can be a light to the world right now is just to be positive. People need it more than ever. So even if bad times are hitting you, your response is so, so important. More important than I'd say it's ever been in the world. So it, like, let's an example of this. Let's just say that you didn't get promoted. You were one of the people that was up for uh, potentially getting this job and you didn't get it. Instead of being like, oh, didn't get the job. I really, really worked hard. I expect to get it. You can say, you know what? I didn't get that job, but it's actually probably a good thing because that means there's probably something better for me coming up in the future and it opened up my opportunities for these other jobs that are open up pretty soon here. Saying that, all it is is saying something a little bit different. It makes something change in your mind. And when other people hear you talking like that, 
it inspires them, helps them to feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe there is some hope in this life. It's not all negative, not all bad. So something we all have to be focused on is how can we share that positivity with our own minds? Because what you're speaking, your mind's going to hear. So first off, you're the most important one in this. You have to train yourself to be positive and you have to speak it so your mind can start believing it. You can start living in that, but also other people need to see it more than ever. This world is going to crash and burn at the rate we're going with negativity is if Christians aren't fulfilling their role as being the positive light in the world. So I think that really the best thing you can do to begin living in more freedom, or the most tangible thing you can do is just start speaking life in everything you're doing. I get it. Life is tough. We all go through hard times. I'm struggling beyond belief right now with a couple things in my life. But here's the deal. No one's hearing me talk about that. Instead, I'm saying, you know what? Like, oh man, times are tough right now. But guess what? I got like good times coming the rest of the year. We got some trips planned. I got some cool things, opportunities coming up. That's what you're gonna hear me say. I'm not trying to be overly optimistic or unrealistic or trying to hide from the problems that are going on in my life. No, I'll acknowledge them. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to walk around being defeated by them because again, I have that victory in God already. I'm surrendering to him. This struggle I'm in today is going to make me the man I need to be tomorrow. So it's so important that we walk with this positivity. We speak life over every situation we're in. Be encouraged, be motivated, and do your best to live for God, man. I'm telling you what, Jesus had some bad times come in his life, right? And he knew they were coming. He wasn't negative about it. He was pretty positive all the way through. I think that that should be an example. I don't think any of us are getting ready to die for some people or anything like that, right? Most of us, we're just worried about getting a little bit more money in our paycheck or a little bit more free time. The the easiest thing we can do is just to be more positive about it. And it's crazy. You'll see a big change if you just do this one. You'll notice that you will feel happier. You'll feel healthier. And those around you will begin really being more interested in hearing more from you. Um, I'm passionate about this point. I got to stop. But it's such an important point to make sure that you're staying positive and speaking life. So how do you experience more freedom in your life? It's these three points. Stop living a sinful lifestyle. Understand that you already have victory in God and stay positive and speak life. I'm so passionate about this. I want to see every believer and every person that I have am able to influence or have communication with. I want to see them live the best version of their life they possibly can. It all comes from a place of freedom. And I believe this is these three points are how you really start living in more freedom. So uh, this was a lot. I know I covered a lot of ground here. I hope this really spoke to you today. As always, I really appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. I absolutely love the Good Christian Podcast and being part of this and being able to be the voice behind it. Thank you so much for all the great reviews everyone leaves and just the feedback that I get every month. It's it's a game changer. It keeps me really motivated and keeps me going. So if you're interested in show notes, because I'll have all this written out for you, you can go to podcast.dailyps.com. And I'd also love to hear your thoughts on it. There's a comment section at the end. I'd love to hear your feedback and what you've got going on, how I can even be praying for you or how I can encourage you and all that. So Let's get out there together and start living a life of more freedom. I believe it is our calling as Christians. So until next month, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate all of you. And I'll be back bringing another episode. Thank you again for listening to the Good Christian Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. This really helps us to continue to impact and reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing another episode with you next month. But until then, remember that freedom is a byproduct of growing in your relationship with God.